This is a Federal News Network podcast. The negotiators at the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service typically thrive on face-to-face interactions with corporations, unions, and agencies. That's how they build trust and settle disputes. But when a pandemic hits, in-person sessions have gone out the window. The service had dabbled in video mediation well before the pandemic moved everyone into their home offices. Now the mediators are all equipped with at least one video platform. For how the agency's early attempts to add virtual capabilities helped prepare its mediators for this moment, Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco spoke with its chief strategy officer, Josh Flax. What is interesting is that federal mediation has decades and decades of experience with what we used to call telephone mediation or telephonic mediation. And then over the years, we used, we changed that to call it mediation by teleconference. And there were a lot of uses for that for situations where there were logistical reasons why parties or individuals representing parties couldn't be in the same place at the same time. In fact, the mediators were well accustomed in a, in a lot of settings to engaging with the parties telephonically first, all in service of setting up eventually a face-to-face in-person meeting. So what the agency started looking at quite a while ago, I would say about five or six years ago, was augmenting the teleconferencing capabilities with what were then emerging, you know, more widespread use of video conferencing. So we dipped our toe in early and we started experimenting with a number of different video conferencing platforms. We uh, eventually settled on a few different ones uh, that we work with. And before the current national emergency, easily a third of our mediator workforce was well accustomed to uh, conducting virtual mediation or other types of public services using the video teleconferencing platforms. So that was working quite well. Obviously, like a lot of other agencies and organizations, what we had to do in the uh, national emergency condition was move our entire workforce to the virtual state. But because we had a decent background in it, it's actually been going pretty well. And as of right now, I can say we've got about 150 U.S. federal mediators out there nationwide. All of them are now proficient with at least one video conferencing platform. And now they're moving to the phase where they're talking to their traditional clients and parties on the employer side, on the labor side. And uh, remembering that's uh, for us, that's not just the federal sector, that's mostly the private sector. We're reaching out to all of our traditional clients and making sure that they're aware that if they need to uh, resolve a collective bargaining issue or other workplace issue, that we can move them to a virtual mediation platform and uh, get it done that way. Usually it's quite successful. Walk us through the time you spent exploring some of these video capabilities to the point where you are now, where you have all your mediators on at least one video platform. Did you have to find them more devices or was training involved? We had a fully uh, laptop capable uh, workforce. The nature of the work has always been fairly mobile mediators traveling all around their cities, districts, states, regions, parts of the country. So they always had a capable laptop with them. What we had already been doing, I think it was really complete as long ago as a a year ago, is we made sure all of the equipment had the necessary video conferencing platforms installed, working properly, security updated, and all of that. 
So there are a bunch of folks that still needed to be properly trained up. So as, as soon as the uh, emergency condition was declared, we started uh, making sure that our mediators coast to coast were properly up on exactly how to use it, how to deploy it, how to talk to their parties about it. And that's been going pretty well. What did you learn from your initial experience with video mediation? And then how did some of those lessons inform what you did to expand those capabilities for the current pandemic? I can think of two right off the bat. The first one is that when thinking about how to train up an entire workforce on, uh, for example, a video teleconferencing, a video conferencing platform, it's all well and good to hold these, you know, 50-person, 100-person training seminars. But what really works is what we called live demonstrations or live demos with just a few people on the line. And uh, what we also call the sandbox sessions, where we convene a small group, they jump on the video conference together, and they try and break it. (laughs) They push all the buttons, and they figure out exactly how it works. That worked so well that for um, future, you know, technology updates or other platforms that we'll choose to adopt in the future, I would absolutely pursue that route for, you know, teaching, training, and getting our folks up to speed. The second point, which is interesting, is that in the mediation world, as you know, there's a lot of work is done in what they call the joint session with both or all of the parties together. And a lot of the work is done in a private caucus, which is a secret meeting or a confidential session between the mediator and just one of the parties to kind of explore ideas and push on concepts, develop proposals, things like that, that uh, they want to be able to explore with the mediator without having to do it in a joint session. So the video conferencing platforms that we use enable the private caucus to happen. And it's an interesting challenge convincing the parties themselves that a private meeting, you know, with a breakout room using the technology is just as secure as an in-person private meeting with the mediator. So that's been an interesting challenge. So it sounds like your mediators were relatively mobile to begin with, but how are you managing the workforce on a complete remote basis now? Do you feel like you were more equipped to make this switch now because of perhaps the nature of your work? The workforce was extremely mobile in the original conception of, of what does it mean to be a U.S. federal mediator, it was to travel, to go to the parties, go to the site of the conflict, to that factory or to that hospital or to that, you know, distribution center, warehouse, whatever the work activity was, and meet with the parties on site or in neutral space very close to the work site. So in that way, translating the immediacy And the norms and the need for a meeting with one of our mediators is an easy fit. That's not a heavy lift. They call up the parties who reach out to them and say what's going on. And then the mediator says, right, we're going to convene a mediation session. We're just going to do it virtually now rather than doing it in person. So you're absolutely right. That part of it is a smooth transition. I think the part of it that is more challenging is on our side you know, getting everybody up to speed on the technology, as we've talked about already, that's going well. And then the next leap, which is to convince traditional clients, you know, who, let's say a labor organization and an employer who might have been doing traditional in-person collective bargaining for decades already, you know, convincing them 
that they too can make the leap and do this virtually. So that's taking some work. It's working in our mediators or they know what to say. They know how to, you know, that, that trust assurance that we talked about before. They know how to make sure that the parties can feel you know, the confidence in the process. But that's going to take a little bit of time. And what are your plans to evolve or expand some of these video capabilities? If we return to some sense of normality after this, do you think you'll be able to take what you've learned here and then apply it later on to your typical operations? There are two pieces to that. The short answer is we expect normal to be the new normal. And having demonstrated these capabilities, it's likely that when there are logistical challenges in the future, preventing a full participation in a face-to-face mediation, that we will deploy these technology platforms. You know, we've had the capability actually at our headquarters in, in Washington, D.C., already to have a kind of a mixed meeting. So we've got conference rooms that are fully teched up, is my shorthand way of saying it. And so there can be in-person participants in a mediation and also people remotely all participating at the same time. So we expect a certain amount of that to continue in the new normal and probably to grow. The other thing that is going to be different, and this may come a bit sooner, this is specific for a mediation service, you know, involved in American industrial relations. After some of the crisis moments and the peaks of infections have passed in certain regions of the country, then we expect, uh, or certainly could be the moment when workplace issues that were left unaddressed, for example, in hospitals or places of healthcare delivery, in grocery stores or places of other, you know, essential items, the parties will want to try and deal with those conflicts that they put off to the side while they were dealing with the crisis condition. So we expect, you know, in the event of those conflicts, we are ready and our mediators will be able to work with those folks either in person if it's safe or remotely, but we'll be able to offer that, especially for remote work, the virtual mediation, we'll be able to offer it right away. And so we we feel pretty good about that because it's highly likely that, for example, employers and unions in certain settings might have different ideas about what safe workplace means going forward. And we are confident they can negotiate that and reach agreement and or they may need a mediation assistance to do it but it's coming. Do you anticipate a scenario where all of your mediators are working virtually in the future, or is that just too soon to predict? That's too soon to offer any kind of a prediction. It's an interesting question. I think, you know, best practices, and this is with my conflict resolution, conflict management professional hat on now, best practice would say that where possible, it's still really important to engineer these face-to-face encounters. And that's what mediators do so well. So when it's safe, having larger groups meet or having whatever size group meet, if there's a conflict that needs to be resolved, will still be preferred. On the other hand, it could be, Nicole, that the mediators are able to use these platforms and the knowledge they've gained to take that hybrid approach right? So some of the smaller lead-up meetings can be done remotely and virtually, and that'll all lead up to an in-person set of meetings, you know, obviously in a safe setting, if everyone can do that safely, 
so in that way, their practices, I think, will really kind of be enlarged and deepened in that way. So I think it's an interesting opportunity for mediation service for lots of organizations to kind of explore putting them both together when it is safe for us to be back together in person. Josh Flax, Chief Strategy Officer for the Federal Mediation and Conciliation Service, speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resources page at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.